0: Welcome to the Trad Geeks podcast. Here are your hosts, Kevin Merrow and Mark Kephart. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to our very first episode of our podcast covering everything traditional archery. And if you're still awake by the end of the show, you're more attentive than Mark in a tree stand. we've got lined up for today's show is a little introduction to who we are how we got into traditional archery what the hell is trad geeks we'll also be covering our 2014 south dakota and pennsylvania hunts and we'd like to expose you guys to some of the cool gear we've fallen in love with this year
1: Hi, my name's Kevin Marrow and I'm 30 years old. I got introduced into archery when I was 16 years old. I've been hunting primarily with a stick bell for four years. I got introduced into traditional archery when I took down a, a buck that was around 120 inches with a compound and uh, just didn't get the satisfaction that I need. So I was looking for something else. A good friend of mine introduced me to traditional archery and said, you have to give it a try. It'll be like, shooting a deer all over again when you're 12 years old at the time i didn't believe him, but me being myself i jumped in headfirst. sold all my gear bought a trad bell and i haven't looked back since i'm a father i have a son that's going to be turning three in february and a beautiful wife named Lindsay. Um, i'm also a doctor of chiropractic and just live for the outdoors and you know look to pass it on to future
0: generations That's the greatest aspect of traditional archery, don't you think? Yeah man, that's what it's all about. By process of elimination, you should be able to figure out whose voice this is. I'm 28 years old, I've been hunting uh, since I can remember. I think when you were 12 was the first year you were allowed to drag a rifle into the woods and hunt. My entire background in hunting was the hunting camp scenario. The Saturday after Thanksgiving, dad would drag me up on the mountain and we'd spend a couple days with family. Spend the first Monday in a tree stand. If something wandered out in front of you, you'd put crosshairs on it and squeeze the trigger. I work in a family owned and operated music store. We sell music. It's awesome. I love it. It was about this time last year that uh, through a mutual friend, I traded a guitar that I've played forever uh, straight across for a bare recurve bow. And I didn't really know anything about it, but... (laughs) <laughs> looking back on this year that was definitely a cool trade I'm uh, married happily my wife is amazing and she's a massage therapist so i always feel great <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it's really funny actually how mark and i met uh, oh don't tell people about our blind date kevin <laughs> Yeah, it was a blind date. It was pretty sweet. <laughs> no, but uh, Lisa's uh,
0: Lisa was a patient of mine, which is Mark's wife, the massage therapist. Um, she, she was also the one who did the intro to the podcast, so she sounds pretty good, too. Thank you, Lisa. But she was a patient of mine. We got
1: to chit-chatting one day, and I realized how similar she was to my wife and their hobbies. So I introduced them, and lo and behold, they went on a, a Appalachian Trail trip, and we we went out one night, and I met Mark at the uh, it
0: it was uh, over the mountain, a place here in western Pennsylvania that Lisa's brother plays guitar in a band, and his band was playing, and Lisa was like, "Oh, you got to come out! You got to come out!" and uh, so we went out and sat at the bar and drank our waters and talked about hunting the entire time yeah
1: pretty much and and mark told me he had a a trad bow and was looking to get started into uh, traditional archery but was kind of fearful because there's a lot of factors that play into it i simply told him hey man get out there let's just give it a try you have some arrows go out start shooting a little bit and uh luckily spring turkey was coming around spring gobbler and I said, Hey, that's the perfect, perfect chance to get out there in the woods and and see how you like it.
0: Yeah. I actually, uh, put a picture on Instagram of, I was shooting in my basement. It's about 13 yards at the most. And I shot a good group of three arrows and took a picture and put it on Instagram. And, uh, I had my shotgun all ready to go Turkey season. And I put I just shot a good group. Should I take the shotgun or should I go with the bow? And uh, Kevin encouraged me to take the bow out, and I spent every day turkey hunting with a bow in my hand. And it, it's probably the most memorable turkey season that I've had. Um, and that's that's really in in our story, kind of where we started with Trad Bow Productions and with our uh, friendship, our friendships, everything uh, was over that Turkey season. We were out a property, um, that he has access to hunt. Um, go ahead and tell the story.
1: Yeah. So it's a property that I luckily have access to. It is private property. Um, but it does get heavily hunted by other hunters. Uh, I haven't hunted that property very much, but it was kind of a last last ditch effort uh it was the last week of spring gobbler here in pennsylvania and i said hey mark let's go out and give it a try so we went out and heard a bunch of gobblers on the roost that morning um one was really far off and uh well actually we didn't hear a lot right we didn't hear a lot that morning we heard one gobble really far off on the roost and and us being us we're so much alike we said let's go after it and I'm not kidding, this, this gobbler had to be at least a half mile away. And we started hoofing it, and uh, no luck, we, we weren't hearing anything. And so we, we did what any tradbow hunter would do, which Mark wasn't used to, is we just started stumping and, and shooting arrows at stumps and chipmunks and just having a blast. And uh, there was an old strip job that we just kind of peeked over. And sure enough, there's uh, three gobblers just strutting in this uh, strip field. Uh, we decided to set up on them, and um, you know I'm not very good at calling by any means, but Mark Mark is really good at it. Um, so we set up no blind, just a couple decoys, and and our cameras were. I think dead or... We didn't take them out. We didn't take yeah, them out that, was, that day.
0: That was before we uh, kind of decided on the Tradbow production things. But yeah. I get my... Any turkey talent that I have, I get from my dad. He, Anytime I've ever gone out with him, he, he always has birds coming in. So. Go ahead, Mark. Tell, tell the rest of the story here. <laughs> so uh, I'm set up... The the way that this road runs, and we looked at a topo map on the phones because that's what everybody's doing now. You don't drag a map into the woods. You drag your phone into the woods. But I thought the birds would come up from the underside, just the way that it, the way that the map looked. Uh, so I was set up facing that way, and I had set up Kevin facing the opposite way <laughs> so, so that we'd have both areas covered. Um, but sure enough, those, uh, those gobblers, and I, I called a couple times and they responded. I, they knew we were there. Um, but I think one of the problems that we as hunters have sometimes is overcalling. So I just kind of was patient and would every couple minutes would call. And if they wouldn't respond, I'd shut up. And so they worked out and it was probably 30, 40 yards um, up the hill on Kevin's side. They crossed the road that we were set up on. It was a a, a kind of a strip road Um, and they walked across and they, they went about 40 yards away from us and then worked down through the woods right away from us and we're out of sight out of mind. And so I told Kevin I said get spun around. Well, I'll see if I can call him back in. And I I was probably pretty confident that I could call him back in with my with my hunting skills. I was not confident. <laughs> I was not confident at all. So so I started calling again and sure enough uh one gobbled and it. It it was a it was a more of an immature gobble. And what what's funny is the first turkey that we saw coming back up that side hill uh was a little jake that wasn't with the original three so they worked down that side hill and got hooked up with this other gobbler and those those three birds were chasing that jake around (laughs) and it was so funny right yep uh, he the one would gobble he'd get all puffed up and spit um but they uh they were at a place they were working kind of the same way back to kind of the same direction that they came from and so i just clucked a couple times just to let them know where we were at and that the big gobbler spun his head and locked on those decoys and started coming right in um it was it was kind of the perfect scenario uh, that thing walking towards us and I've you hear them spit a lot in the woods I guess a lot if you're out hunting them um as hard as we hunt them but I've never seen that actual actually happen and it was real cool at about 20 yards the thing's walking right towards us and it just lets out a and and I've never seen that before so yeah and at that
1: point at that time I believe it was what 15 20 yards in front of me walking straight at me We didn't have a blind or anything. So I just stayed still, wanted that bird to come as close as possible. Finally, it it swung a a sharp left turn towards Mark and went behind a tree at that time, right?
0: Yeah, it was working, kind of working right towards the decoys. When it walked behind the tree, um, just knowing how good Turkey's eyesight are. Um, I knew that was probably the best opportunity I'd have to draw, so I drew, and knowing that the other two gobblers were still in sight, um, and they both of those gobblers kind of hopped, but I was locked on the other side of that tree, that gobbler took three steps out, just like he normally would, I was at full draw, I let that arrow go, and... (laughs) And I missed. (laughs) And
1: then I laughed, and our friendship kind of took off after that. We high-fived and fist-pumped a little bit there, and uh, ever since
0: then, we've been uh, hunting together nonstop. Yeah, that was an awesome experience. And that's really uh, where I learned that you actually need to practice a little bit shooting a bow to get good at it, Um, because it didn't feel too good the next day missing that gobbler, but... Uh, Kevin turned me on to a really cool website that him and his brother developed and put out there. And so let's talk about that a little bit, Kevin. What is Trad Geeks? So back in 2011 or
1: 2010, it would be when I decided to make the switch to traditional archery. I kind of had an epiphany where I thought about you know, how many guys are out there like myself that's been hunting with uh, compound or modern day equipment for years and are kind of losing touch with uh, with archery. Not to say that I was losing complete touch with it, but I just didn't have that chill factor when I shot a deer. So that's kind of the reason why I switched to traditional archery, but with today's technology and all the things being modernized so much, you know, there has to be a limit to it. So when I when I switched to traditional archery, I thought, wow, there's probably a lot of guys in the same boat as me. And that's when I decided to kind of start a website with not really knowing the path that I was going to be taking with it, but having an online forum and some gear reviews and and posts talking about switching to traditional archery. I hunt primarily with a trad bow. Um, I, I don't hunt really with anything other than my trad bow, but I do use the latest and greatest tree stands, cameras, camouflage, uh, you name it, I use it, but I hunt with my trad bow and, and I kind of really wanted to, you know, get that across to everybody. Cause I know there's a lot of people out there that are in the same
0: shoes as I am. One of the cool things you told me when I was getting started in it was that traditional archery can be as much as you want to make of it. It can be really simplistic or it can be really in depth. And uh, the more that I do it, the more in depth that I get and the more that I learn about it. But that first (laughs) turkey season and the couple weeks leading up to that, it was just I pull pull a string back with an arrow on it and let an arrow fly and it goes kind of where I want it to go. Um, Yeah.
1: that's exactly right, Mark. And my good friend Aaron made that statement to me when I first got into traditional archery was, hey, you can make it as simple as you want, or you can make it as complex as you want. At that time, I really didn't understand what he was talking about because I thought, heck, you, you put an arrow on my bow, you shoot it, you don't have any sights, you know, how complex can you get with it? And and now I have a completely different aspect of it thinking, you know, Uh, I'm more in depth with my stick bow than I was with a compound more than I'll ever be with a compound so yeah you can be really 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 in depth with it or you can be as simple as you want
0: and that's that's really what trad geeks is all about is helping the person that's just getting started out with form with gear selection and hopefully in future podcasts we'll talk about things like that but it's it's getting you into it or It's also about the guy that (laughs) spends a half an hour every day shooting their bow, trying to perfect their form or trying to figure out what the best grain arrow is or the spline or spine or whatever it's called. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we
1: just want to influence people. And and that's basically it. We want a a site that people can go to and have camaraderie and, and talk about traditional archery in a way that... You know, hey, we're not just straight traditional archery in quotes, if you want to say it like that. You know, we don't have, uh, the old school trad bows that are just hickory and the wooden arrows and everything else. I hunt with a trad bow that has carbon inlay limbs and carbon arrows. Um, is that traditional archery? In my eyes, it is. And, and a lot of guys, the old school guys, they probably think that it's not, that it's not, um, but
0: and that's okay. There's yeah, that's okay.
1: That. I don't. I don't feel that there's any right or wrong answer there. But um, it's a step in the right direction in my eyes. And we're trying to trying to get people involved. And that's that's pretty much what Trad Geeks is all about. Since I've met Mark, we've kind of taken it to another level with the filming aspect of it and uh, starting Trad Bow Productions, which is you can find that in our Geekisodes, which is where we're putting all of our videos and in the future going to be submitting them to film festivals and all that. But, um, that's That's where Mark really, really plays a big factor for us. He's great with editing, great with music. And the reason why we're having a podcast.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's my background is, uh, the creative aspect of things. I'm not a very organized, very, uh, straightforward person. I'm not a doctor. Hmm. Although I could probably be a dentist. I'd just pull everybody's teeth.
1: Hey, I get (laughs) referred to as a quack.
0: (laughs) But, uh, but that's my background. And that's what is fun for me is, um, shooting a trad bow is as much of an art as playing guitar because it it really becomes an extension of you Um, when you draw that string back and reach your full draw and or and hit your anchor and everything feels good and you let that arrow go and it's two feet off the target where you were aiming it it is really an extension of you and it's a cool thing there's just a feeling that you can't get anywhere else and that is the feeling that we're trying to introduce through trad geeks and really, trageeks
1: would not even be possible if it wasn't for my brother Ryan. He built the website from the ground up. He does all the code work, uh, the CSS work. Um, anytime I have any issues with an app or anything like technology that,
0: technology in general,
1: my brother adds it in. So he is the man when it comes to uh, the the website. So uh, let's let's dive into our 2014 season, um, specifically South Dakota.
0: Yeah. South Dakota, man. Um, when did you ask me if we wanted to go to South Dakota hunting mule deer?
1: It had to be late (laughs) spring, early summer. Uh, I was sitting at my office thinking, man, I just got to get back out West. I got to go back out West chasing muleys. Um, it's just something I have to do. And it's probably going to be something I have to do until I actually have success with it
0: not that killing something is the success but yeah i I just gotta get it.
1: it i gotta get it done
0: yeah and that's he uh i think it was a text message he sent me would you be interested in doing a hunt out west south dakota specifically for mule deer with the trad bow my experience on a trad bow was missing a turkey <laughs> and so i was i i dove in i said yeah let's do it we drove 20 24 hours 24 hours we kind of split the shift heading out there the way back i think i drove the long leg but yeah you definitely pulled your weight <laughs> uh but we went out with backpacks and uh or pack frames and camp and hiked in and it's just an awesome experience
1: yeah, we packed in bivvy packs and uh, hunted on a walk-in only area in South Dakota. Um, in South Dakota, you can only um, camp on a BLMA property, so you got to be careful of that. But we made sure we, we had to hike in approximately three miles, was it, to that BLMA yep. to set up a base camp. Um, we hunted that piece of property, which was thousands and thousands of acres of public land, that I got word from a good friend that was a really, really good area to hunt. Unfortunately, the, the weather was not in our favor. We were dealing with 80 to 90 degree weather to get back to base camp, and then throughout those three days, it was nothing but hot weather. There's no cover in South Dakota in those uh, public walk-in areas, so it was more like hunting in the desert. We saw a little deer activity in those three or four days. But we had a blast
0: trying. And Kevin, being out there uh, previously, had experience in the Black Hills, and we made the decision together that we were going to pack out. Was it the end of the third day or the end of the second day? End of the third day. The end of the third day. uh, We made the decision that the next morning, and the weather was turning. It was it it was going to drop about ten to fifteen degrees. And the next two days were thunderstorms, like ninety percent chance of yeah, terrain. Rain, rain. Um so we made the decision that tomorrow morning if we didn't get on a buck, if we didn't get on a deer that we wanted to kill, uh we were gonna pack out, um and head to the Black Hills and try our luck someplace else and uh So we did. The next morning we went out, didn't see a thing, packed out. It took us about half the time to get out as it did to get in, hit the car. And we drove another couple hours to the Black Hills and that night got set up on a water hole. Um, Wind was good when we set up, but wind shifted and it was bad by the time uh, we were expecting anything to come through, so we actually uh, hiked out and just spotted on some ridges. Saw more deer in that night than we saw the entire three days we were hunting, so it kind of confirmed our decision to move. Yeah, we definitely made the
1: right decision to move in moving, uh, to the Black Hills, and the population of mule deer or deer in general in the Black Hills is a lot higher. However, the stalking conditions in the Black Hills is a lot more difficult because of the burn areas. So sneaking into a, uh, you know, a deer in its bed in the Black Hills is a lot more difficult, but we were willing to take that chance because the weather just wasn't cooperating and where we were at, we just, we just weren't seeing the deer. So after a few days of hunting the Black Hills with pouring down rain for the majority of the hunt, uh, we didn't have much success other than a few muley doe and some small bucks, uh, my father gave me a phone call and and said, "Hey, I, I think you should try this area. It looks really good on a topo and and uh, the Google Earth." And I thought to myself, "Dad, you're you're in Pennsylvania. We're here. Like, you know what what's good? What good is scouting on Google Earth at this at this point in time?" But, anyways, I, I took his advice and he wanted us to go check out these two. Location, So I told Mark, I said, Hey, what do we have to lose? Let's go check these out. So we, we go and get parked and start hiking up into this area. And, and we get up in there and I just, I look at Mark and I say, look at, look at all this cover. I said, we can't, we can't see a thing. How are we going to ever spot anything? And at this moment, my negativity started flowing and I'm kind of a negative person and Mark's kind of a positive person. So that's kind of why we get along so well. But, uh, he said, hey, man, let's just check it out. We're here, you know, calm down. I said, all right. So in the moment, rain's coming down and and we just really needed some something positive to happen. So we start hiking down through this draw. And I'm not kidding. We start down in there 100 yards. And I say, Mark, Mark, stop, stop. And I spotted a muley buck. It was a nice five by five, probably 150 inches on the opposite hillside, maybe 200 yards away from us we watched this buck bed down and get situated and i was up to draw for the first uh stock in on this buck so after watching him for a little bit and putting together a game plan i stalked in on this buck had to come in downwind obviously but the way he was bedded i had to come in at the same level of him on that hillside so that i wouldn't get winded so as thick as it was it was it was tough to determine where I was at on that hillside but I thought I was pretty accurate coming in on him got to a spot after about 30 minutes of stalking in because it really wasn't that far of a stalk I thought to myself man I think that's the tree that he was bedded under. No sooner thought that and the wind hit me in the back of the neck and I thought oh no and I pulled up a range finder ranged that tree and it was 29 yards. Put down the rangefinder and I saw the muley buck walking away from me. Um, at that moment, I pulled up the rangefinder again, ranged him, got him stopped, and he was at 49 yards. I know what you're all thinking that's a long shot for a trad bow, but I practiced 40 to 50 yard shots all summer long. I was pretty confident that I could put an arrow in a pie plate at that distance after reading several articles that. Mark sent to me. Go ahead, Mark. Talk about those.
0: Tread Tread Barda. I remember watching on TV and uh, I was younger, probably not very much younger. It was a few years back, but uh, that kind of introduced me to traditional archery. But uh, a lot of guys kind of cut him down for taking shots that are further than they'd be comfortable with. 50 yard shot for me at that point, I, I wouldn't have taken because I I am not accurate out beyond 30 yards. Um, it's my first year doing it. I'm not good at it, but a guy that shoots every day and that was tread, that was Mr. Barda's kind of forte was, Hey, I'm out there every day doing it of my life. And if I feel like it's a good opportunity and I feel like I can let that arrow go and it's going to kill the animal, I'm going to do it.
1: Yeah. And what it comes down to is personal confidence. And I'm a true believer in that. I don't, I don't, hold anyone to a standard if if they feel that they're confident at that range and they've practiced and and they're confident in themselves more power to them and and at that moment you know getting within range of a, a mule deer with a trad bow is is tough and 49 he was completely broadside unaware really i mean he smelled me but he was not alerted by any means I drew back and I took the shot and I don't regret it to this day. I missed them by maybe a couple inches um, and watched a mule deer in my life walk away from me and and my
0: heart sank, but um, I'd take that shot over and over and over again. And for the rest of the day, we saw some deer. We saw a couple nice bucks, Um, didn't really have any good stalking opportunities, on the way out uh, we're packing out heading back to the car and the cool thing about a south dakota deer tag is uh for out of state guys and for in-state guys that deer tag's good for a mule deer buck a whitetail buck mule deer doe or a whitetail doe and i kind of went out with the mentality of uh i'm a pennsylvania hunter i've always killed white-tail deer my entire life hunting with a trad bow i'm okay with a mule deer doe or a mule deer buck or a whitetail buck i would have killed a spike in a heartbeat (laughs) to kill my first buck with a trad bow in south dakota but yeah
1: a little background here mark is more of a meat hunter and uh i wouldn't classify myself as a trophy hunter but i I do look for a, a nice buck
0: Yeah. And standards in our area are different than standards in high fence areas. We hunt public land or even Iowa for that instance, but different States. But for me, it was always, uh, if you have the opportunity to kill a deer, kill a deer and that's up at camp dad and i's room we've got spikes the whole way around the room and i wouldn't change it for anything in the world It's it hunting is what it is to you and that's the cool thing about it is it's ingrained in our culture but as we were heading back to the car uh we caught movement working left tar right uh these two deer coming and uh neither one of them had horns and the the front one was the bigger of the two and I, I mentioned to Kevin, I said, hey, if that doe keeps working, I'm going to kill it. So I knocked my arrow. That <laughs> It was a stupid doe and a stupid <laughs> young doe following it. Um, but they walked 20 yards broadside. Um, they were actually kind of angling towards us. And Kevin said, slip one in, you'll kill her and i I said i'm gonna i'm gonna wait and see if she goes broadside she turned broadside and i drew back i i slipped that arrow and it actually caught a little bit of front shoulder and if you're a trad guy and you've ever clipped that front shoulder and you hear that arrow hit the bone um, i said a few choice words because i thought that i shot too far up and just hit front shoulder but kevin said no man you got her um, we watched that doe. It was maybe 70 yards. It, it yeah, worked and, and, uh, it died. And one of the coolest hunting experiences of my life, taking my first animal with a trad bow, but, uh, sometimes the cards are in your favor and, and, and I want to add too not a first trad, bow, first bow kill for Mark, <laughs> first archery kill.
1: So th- that makes it even greater, but he did, he made an awesome shot and, uh, I'm just happy to share that experience with them. It was sweet. So we uh, we processed the deer and packed the deer out, and uh, after a long week of hard hunting, we. We, we splurged. We went to a, an awesome restaurant and had some good burgers and a couple beers and just relaxed. But uh, I hunted our, the rest of the week out, had a couple opportunities at some nice bucks. And, and we
0: actually had some decent weather the last couple of yeah, days. Yeah, we did. Where we could take the cameras out and try to get some footage.
1: Yeah, so you'll you'll see some footage of me stalking in on a couple of nice muleys. Didn't have any success, but um, we had a blast, and, and that's all that matters. So we made the trip back. Back home to Pennsylvania, looking forward to the entire season um, of 2014 in Pennsylvania with some archery hunts. We're running out of time, so we'll catch up with that with the next episode.
0: So between now and then, hit us up on Facebook at Trad Geeks and Trad Bow Productions. Follow us on Instagram at Trad Geeks and Trad Bow Productions. And definitely join the forums at www.tradgeeks.com because that website is a heap of information
1: i also want to thank all our sponsors uh maven built optics kestrel knives qu zipper bows stalker stick bows grizzly broadheads three Rivers.com, black widow hunting and tackle covert trail cams and lacrosse boots
0: thanks to you for tuning in we're already looking forward to our next podcast And between now and then, engage with us on social media. Stay safe and shoot straight. (laughs)